Coming up this episode. I visited one of the home uh, specialized for the dementia. They never lock from outside. The, any person can easily going out. This nursing home train the neighborhood. Some per- other person here, then please call us. This is the Dr. Pranor's podcast. The Dr. Pranor's podcast is brought to you by Jasper Lodge Care Centers Malaysia. Managed by doctors, Jasper Lodge Care Centers provide loving, trustworthy and quality care and treatment to all their residents. Looking for a professional aged care facility to look after your elderly loved ones? Find a Jasper Lodge near you at Talingjaya, Sri Kembangan, Penang, Kuching, Johor Bahru and Kuantan. Get your free care consultation with Jasper Lodge Care Centers by calling 015-4873-8450. 015-4873-8450. Or visit jasperlodge.com.my. We are here to help. The Doctorpreneurs Podcast is brought to you by Pillar Malaysia, sending trained caregivers to your home. Managed by doctors and aged care experts, Pillar provides experience and compassionate caregiving in the comfort of your loved one's home for the short term or longer. For a free, no-obligation care consultation with Pillar, call or WhatsApp us at 01111-288-059 or visit us online at PillarCare.com. Pillars, your extended family. Hello and welcome to the Doctorpreneurs Podcast, the show that's at the intersection of health, aging, and entrepreneurship. My name is Dr. Lim, and together with me is my co-host, Andrew. Uh, today, we have a very interesting guest uh, on with us. Uh, his name is uh, Mr. Sayama Kiyoshi, all the way from Japan. And uh, Mr. Sayama has uh, been working together with us, uh, giving us very good advice on the how to carry out aged care services and providing aged care services in Malaysia uh, based on his experience in the aged care industry for many decades. Um, so we are really privileged to have Mr. Sayama here with us. Uh, Andrew, do you have anything to say? I'm just very excited to uh, have him here today. I'm very interested in learning about experiences in Japan and how we can uh, adapt them to Malaysia and even other countries. So welcome. Hey, welcome, Mr. Sayama. Good morning. morning. Yeah, Mr. Sayama, uh, Maybe you can uh, introduce yourself a little bit, what you do, and uh, then we sure. can ask you more questions after this. Uh, my name is Sayama. I'm uh, running uh, the, my own company here for supporting the Japanese uh, long stairs mm-hmm. under the Malaysian Second Home, mm-hmm. and uh, mainly for nursing care services mm-hmm. and uh, normal uh, daily life support mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm staying here nearly uh, 14 years in Malaysia. Wow. And okay. before he coming here, there was I, I have experience in work, working in uh, Africa, mm-hmm. two years under the Japanese government support mm-hmm. project. And uh, before that, I was in Singapore about uh, eight years. For okay. Right. Um, so um, were you involved in aged care in Japan? Uh, Japanese uh, aged care program was started uh, 2000, okay. so nearly uh, over 10 years already right. organized okay. under the government support. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, I can say you two major Japanese uh, social welfare program. Mm-hmm. One is the medical care, uh, 
medical care, medical card program, mm-hmm. and then another one is nursing care support, mm-hmm. and the both are the one hundred percent sponsored by the Japanese government. Okay, and uh, mainly for the we talk about the, the nursing care services in Japan is uh, this uh, say supporting I will be uh, apply for the nursing care services mm-hmm. then. I will pay ten percent from my pocket, okay. and then ninety percent sponsored by the Japanese government, mm-hmm. and this is depend on the uh, care needed level, mm-hmm. level one up to the level five. Yeah, that that's a very interesting um, uh, system that the Japanese government have. First of all, in Malaysia, we don't have long term care insurance and support for the government. We are given a small subsidy every month. That's all. If you are disabled or if you are in the age. Uh, in in the in the H uh, group category, right? Um, and uh, in Japanese, you are saying that they only pay ten percent. The the users only pay ten percent out of pocket, and the government sponsors ninety yeah. percent. And that's also depending on the five levels of care. Correct. Now, I think these five levels of care is something that is very unique to Japan. So, Mr. Sema, maybe you can elaborate for us a little bit yeah. further on what these five levels of care is. <coughs> uh, the most serious uh, level is uh, level five. Mm-hmm. Is a uh, one hundred percent bedridden people, mm-hmm. and uh, level four, level three, and up to level three is uh, quite heavy, uh, heavy uh, uh, care needed. Mm-hmm. And uh, level one, two is uh, mobile, mobile okay. people, mm-hmm. and uh, level two, level three is a uh, wheelchair required people. Okay, this level. So the this is very quite a. Uh, uh, precisely uh, qualified, mm-hmm. and uh, this is uh, certified by the co- local government. Um, what uh, the local government officer we will define okay. under the, the doctor's uh, support. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So basically, you need the local officials' uh, uh, recognition on the level you are. Based on what the do- what the doctor's recommendation is. Yes, well. of yeah. Let, let me ask you a broader question. <clears throat> How did the focus on aged care get started in Japan? What was the impetus for starting aged care focus in Japan? The you know, as you know, the Japanese is a very long life. <laughs> the, the average is now the the man is eighty three or four. Wow. The, and uh, ladies is eighty seven or something. Wow! <clears throat> so the uh, the elderly people's uh, medical care support is very heavy burden. Mm-hmm. So they have to split into the medical card and the nursing care support split. Mm-hmm. And uh, the daily uh, care needed people is not necessarily go to the hospital. Just mm-hmm. go to the uh, nursing home mm-hmm. and to get the simple care under the, this program. So the this purpose is for mainly for the reduce of the Japanese uh, budget using. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, what happened was Jap- Japan is aging very quickly, yeah. right? And uh, the the government like like what you mentioned just now is uh, has got to figure out a way to kind of like care for everyone. And and what I really find fascinating is. Uh, the Japanese government actually splits the the care into the medical care under the medical card and the uh, and the nursing care under a completely separate policy, right? They actually recognize that 
nursing care is also a very key component, key element in the in the whole aged care industry. As compared to Malaysia, uh, maybe the private insurance that we are buying only covers the the hospitalization and maybe a little bit of post-hospitalization, maybe a few months after hospitalization. Mm. But in Malaysia, we don't have this long-term care insurance whereby when someone, for example, has a stroke or goes into level 3, level 4, level 5 kind of uh, care requirement whereby they cannot be cared for by family members anymore and need professional help. All of it, 100%, has to be, almost 100% has to be paid out of pocket when it comes to caring for these people. And that is that has actually been a big burden and we are seeing, because Malaysia is also slowly aging now, we are seeing that the, the trend, the burden is is getting heavier on the families uh, uh, moving forward as well. I think that's somewhat similar in, in the U.S., though Medicare in the U.S. does pay for some nursing mm-hmm. home facilities, but long-term care insurance is actually not all that popular in America, too. Mm-hmm. Very few people pay for that mm-hmm. in the U.S. So, so what happens when they end up requiring long-term care? I think like Malaysia, there's a lot of out-of-pocket. Right. Or right. if you don't meet a certain, if you have a low income, maybe you can get some subsidy or some assistance. Yeah, Mr. Simon, when you say ninety percent covered by the Japanese government, uh, does it also cover the nursing care side as well? Nursing care, you know, <clears throat> various type of nursing support, mm-hmm. providing the the wheelchair mm-hmm. and providing the, the motorized uh, the bed, mm-hmm. also under the this nursing care support. Okay, and the. Uh, the this is uh, the uh, daily uh, nursing care as well as uh, the uh, some this uh, specialist consultation charges for mm-hmm. the modification of the his own house ah. leveling mm-hmm. all the thing is inclusive. Okay. Yeah. And the Japanese government pays ninety percent of that. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Of course, uh, have a limit for the yeah. individual items. Right, right. I'm curious, what are some of the best practices or tools that you've seen in Japan that you think can be applied to other countries? Like, like what has worked in Japan that you think could be applied to Malaysia or even other countries? Uh, initially, I strongly suggest to start the uh, uh, qualification of the caregivers. <laughs> there is no qualified caregiver is uh, in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the starting from this is very important, regardless of the uh, government um, monetary support. We yeah. need uh, this. Otherwise, in Malaysia, I visited many nursing homes mm-hmm. here. Uh, care support is a very preliminary support. Mm-hmm. Then they are not trained well. Mm-hmm. So the, the this is the most important thing is firstly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so one thing I realized, uh, like what you mentioned just now, that's very real. Like in Malaysia, um, we do like the, my, maybe not my parents, but my grandparents' generation, they do see, um, relying on their children as the, the ultimate retirement plan. I think that's pretty common in Malaysia. But also what I've observed in Malaysia is, is caregiver is not really being given any much of a status. Right, as compared to Japan, right? I understand uh, caregivers are very, very much a, a respectable, very valued profession in Japan as compared to the rest of the world. Can you share maybe a bit of experience on how caregivers are treated in Japan and, and how, how are they different from, from what, it was, what you see elsewhere? I don't think it's the caregivers uh, is uh, quite uh, treated. It's 
in other bis, uh, workers mm-hmm. the average i can say is in japanese in 20 uh, 250000 yen mm-hmm. so about the Uh, that's about 10,000 yeah, ringgit. 10,000 ringgit. Yeah, which is about can be 2500 US dollars a month. Yeah. A month. Uh, can yeah. give a salary, yeah. So uh, I think it's uh, not so, not enough. Mm-hmm. But uh, the still the same as uh, the other workers mm-hmm. uh wages they can get it. Mm-hmm. But there is a national certification program in Japan for caregivers. No, uh, anybody can. Uh, without the, the qualification, they can do the, the uh, caregiving services. Uh-huh. So that is similar Just, to Malaysia and other countries. Yes. Yeah. You know, the, if can it, uh, if got the certificate, they can get a little bit higher pay. They can get it. That's mm-hmm. all. But the normal uh, housewife can also join the, the nursing care. Uh, support business right so. right and, and i understand that like right now the japanese government are looking to also recruit more caregivers from overseas sure. yeah they have this sure. shortage of caregivers so what's the situation like there now yeah serious situation yeah but japanese government started to recruit from indonesia mm-hmm. and the uh, philippines mm-hmm. and now the vietnam mm-hmm. and uh, from maybe this year or uh, starting from uh, recruiting from myanmar Mm-hmm. So the, this kind of program is uh, quite needed. Mm-hmm. The, I don't know how many. The like right now, I think at the. Uh, I'm not familiar with the, the total number. It's mm-hmm. more than one hundred thousand. Yeah, workers is uh, recruited from overseas now. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think the, the the biggest barrier of uh, working in Japan would be the language barrier. Correct. Because like. Uh, I think most people in Japan still only speaks Japanese exclusively, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, um. What about your experience with uh, Japanese expatriates in uh, in like, for example, in Malaysia? Uh, do many of them speak uh, English? Do they have uh, trouble getting caregivers, nurses in Malaysia? Yeah, because yeah, I actually have a language problem. But the, you know, in the at the daily work for mm-hmm. the nursing care is just a few word is required. Mm-hmm. Uh. Sudamakan uh, or that—that's simple language right. is required. Yeah. So, it's it's not necessary talk about the uh, normal Japanese uh, general speakers. Yeah. I don't require just in about so far uh, language program is about. Three months training mm-hmm. in the home ta- home home country, okay. and then they were dispatched to Japan. And in Japan, one month as uh, concentrated training is mm-hmm. will be held for the language training and the uh, nursing care skill uh, level up mm-hmm. training also will be done. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. don't think not not heavy training program is required. Right. Right, I understand. So I'm curious. Uh, why do you think Japan seems to do a better job at aged care than maybe other countries? Is it because they have more money and resources, or is it for other reasons? How did how did you see Japan becoming the leader in this area? I'm not <laughs> <laughs> difficult to compare with other countries' situation, but actually. But 
this is uh, uh, mainly from uh, the Japanese uh, way of thinking. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the respect the pair, uh, respect the uh, senior, and uh, the respect the, the parents mm-hmm. and grandparents. This is for I think also the the Chinese uh, culture also the mm-hmm. same. But I don't know why the I don't know why in Malaysia is is so slow to start uh, this kind of program. <laughs> Even the, the pension system is not nothing started. Yeah, just for the. Government servants, yes, exactly. Yeah. Now, maybe I can jump in on this. Uh, what I see is, I, I, and this is based on my personal experience uh, uh, interacting with Japanese people. I think Japanese people seem to be more organized and systematic in their way of thinking. Yeah. And uh, they always come from a very problem-solving kind of approach. Like there is a solution to everything, and because of that, they are able to come up with very structured. Um, systems and, and programs in place such that um, uh, the the age population in, in Japan is well taken care of. Of course, they do have their fair share of problems of getting younger caregivers because of their aging population issue and everything. But in general, I think the system is set up such that um, it, it solves, it, it's always very goal-oriented and, and problem-solving oriented in Japan as compared to Malaysia. And maybe the, the, the lower level of corruption uh, also plays a role, right? Um, if the, you know, uh, I don't want to talk about the Malaysian political situation. We can we can talk about that in another episode the whole day. <laughs> but like, if if money is not being misappropriated or being or being leaked out of the system, then it can really truly go back into the system to care for those that are are in need. So I think that probably would have some factor in in the Japanese handling their aged care situation well. So three, three things I hear that may be a factor in why Japan is better is organization, mm-hmm. uh, problem solving, and less corruption. Mm. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that, that's based on my personal experience. Another yeah. thing is a taxation. Ah. Tax system. It's okay. uh, far more different uh, from uh, Japan and Malaysia. Okay. Because, you know, the just simply I can say is... Uh, Inheritance tax uh-huh. in uh, Hong Kong, Malaysia, Singapore, none. No, yeah. But in Malaysia, quite heavy. In my case, if I, I would die, then uh, the, I think uh, the thirty percent, thirty percent of my asset will be gone. Wow, you mean given to the Japanese government? No, given. It's a uh, law. Okay. Yeah, they qualify it. All right. So inheritance depend, tax depend on the, of course, uh, the. Uh, well, that's the same in the U.S. Seven. You guys have inheritance tax yes. as well. Okay, I, I find that very very puzzling because why of would you, you do. why would you want to, you know, my hard earned money my entire life and then I can't pass all of it to my children. I have to give thirty percent to the government. I don't see the sense. But, but are you saying that because you have the inheritance tax that helps fund aged care, or you think it's a bad thing? I'm, I'm trying to understand. The, also, the, the state also have uh, inheritance tax in mm-hmm. a certain percentage, but. Uh, the normally we we are saying rich family will lose uh, almost of the asset within three generation time. Yeah, that's so the same with Malaysia. Oh, I see. Okay, <laughs> okay. 
So okay. the, this this money will be recirculated uh, to the this uh, social welfare fund, right? Yeah. Part of that. This yeah. is not all, right? But uh, taxation also is a very serious problem in Malaysia. Yeah. Well, I think I think that also depends on the um, integrity of the government. Right, if my government is one of integrity, number one, number two, if they are competent in managing the funds, then I guess it makes a bit of sense. Like maybe in the Scandinavian country as well, it makes a bit of sense to to pay a little bit more to the government so that they can sort things out on behalf of the general population. Um, in a third world developing country, you know, probably the confidence level in the government is not as high as as the confidence level that you you all have in your developed nations, right? So if Today, the government is going to come to me and start taxing me more. Uh, it's very natural for me to just not going to vote for you in the next election, you know. <laughs> so they kind of have to like, you know, keep Correct. their popularity, Correct. make popular, popular choice uh, decisions as well based on based on winning the next election. This remains the number one issue in my parents' home country, Greece, is, avo- is tax avoidance. It's the most popular sport in the country because the government is so corrupt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, um, this... Um, Okay, wait, wait. So you being in in Malaysia, uh, yeah. Mr. Sayama, and you've you've came here for for all these years, right? Um, what what uh, besides you were saying, um, providing a professional qualification for the caregivers in Malaysia. What else do you see that could ha- um, that Malaysia could do to improve our aged care system that we have here? Wow, good question. Mm-hmm. But the I visited many uh, old folk homes. Mm-hmm. The hygiene standards are so terribly low, mm-hmm. and uh, the this doesn't. I think it doesn't cost so much. Mm-hmm. But the the daily care and the washing the toilet mm-hmm. and uh, all the uh, system is can be easily uh, level up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The yeah. If you if you were running an aged care home, you would think hygiene would be one of the top priorities, no? Um, what I being an aged care operator, what I probably would say is, uh, in Malaysia, I think many of our old folks' home are too congested, so too many people sharing a, a bathroom, too many people sharing a space. Therefore, you know, it's it's being overloaded, right? That the work rate, the workload is very high, right? Therefore, it, it gets dirty faster, it gets uh, it gets uh, smelly faster as well. Yeah, so I think that would be one of the... Yeah, I think so. And another thing, you know, the I... Quite a typical uh, cases, I found it. I visited one of the awful home. Mm-hmm. Then uh, the very preliminary service only mm-hmm. uh, provided. Mm-hmm. And I, I discussed with the owner of the uh, uh, nursing home. Mm. Then they said cannot get the money from their children. So mm. only uh, they can do the survival level. Yeah, they cannot improve. The they cannot pay from their own pocket. So yes. the this is a serious problem. So the just uh, another uh, one hundred lingot mm-hmm. only is very difficult to get mm. them from the family. Their family. So yeah. it's a quite <laughs> yeah yeah I think this is, this definitely will come as a surprise maybe for for Andrew and from Mr. Sayama uh-huh. coming from a th- uh, a first world country, but uh, in Malaysia I think what we are encountering is the willingness to pay, you know there is still a mental barrier of okay this is how much I'm willing to pay and maybe it's also um, tied to their ability income ability as well, because our our 
uh, what what do you call that? Uh, earnings per capita is is really you know considerably low, so they they have a mental barrier of this this much of money is is how much I'm willing to pay. Therefore, many old folks home in Malaysia, not nursing homes, the the basic old folks home in Malaysia, they only focus on three things: feeding you, keep giving you giving you a place to stay, and uh, kind of cleaning you from time to time, right? So that's what they do. They and what do they do if they need some kind of nursing or medical attention? Um, then in this situation, they would uh, ask the family to bring them to a government facility mm. or a, a, a hospital. Well, in, in Malaysia, the, the hospital and the clinics, the government clinics are all, almost free. Right? It's like one ringgit. So then they will bring them to these facilities to get treatment rather than um, you know, seeking um, treatment in, in the nursing home or in the old folks home itself. So that's the trend that we are seeing in Malaysia. So in a typical nursing home in Japan, do they have doctors and nurses on staff where they can do simple procedures and check someone's health status and all of that? Partly, yes. Talk about the doctor. The nurse is compulsory. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, yeah. The nurse is, uh, yes, uh, it's 24-hour services. One or two is compulsory. Okay. So... You, I can show you later, but some of the nursing home is quite, of course, uh, the rich families uh, nursing home and uh, just a regular nursing home is uh, level is quite different. Mm-hmm. You know, the best nursing home, I think Dr. Lim visited at about three years ago, mm-hmm. it's just uh, step into the uh, entrance home hall. There is a grand piano there mm-hmm. and the uh, Hair parlor for the ladies. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, for men is Majan Majan parlor and uh, billiard there. Also, well equipped. It, it's a resort essentially. It's like, like a, a resort, four and a half star hotel, yeah. and uh, and with living services on site. <laughs> oh, okay, so if, if you have the the basic nursing home in Japan, the lowest mm-hmm. level, how does that compare? to the basic level of aged care facility in Malaysia? Oh, big difference. Even the normal, <laughs> uh, no, normal standard uh, nursing home is uh, quite well equipped. And the uh, machine, uh, base, uh, just a bathtub also, machine equipped. Mm-hmm. The, the lifting, mm-hmm. all yeah. the things will be done. So this is a standard level in Japan. So... Uh, much more different, yeah. especially for the standard level. Yeah, but again, you know, that also ties back to the question of cost, right? Like, right. Mr. Simon, maybe can you share with us in a, in a, in a J- Japanese nursing home, maybe like a, like a medium, medium standard, let's not go to the bottom end, let's not, not go to mm. the highest end, maybe mm. averagely. Mm. How much would people be paying for uh, assisted living and for nursing care in Japan a month? What, what would be the cost like? The this one, I can tell you, this is a paid ninety uh, percent paid by the government. Yes. So the just pay from the pocket firm. Mm-hmm. But ten uh, percent. What, what would be the full cost? Full cost. Okay. Yeah. Like. Full cost is about uh, starting from three hundred thousand yen per month mm-hmm. is starting around, mm-hmm. and the uh, lowest is. Uh, from from my pocket mm-hmm. paying, the, the total uh, 
you know, total cost. It's very difficult for me to find out because the ninety percent paid by the government. I see. So I see. But you're estimating uh, it to be about three hundred thousand yen. Yeah, about the three hundred. Yeah. That is three hundred thousand yen. About twelve, thirteen thousand, about four thousand US dollars. Twelve, thirteen thousand ringgit a month. Yeah. Yeah, but that's based on Mr. Sayama. Did you say that was out of pocket? No, no. No, no, no. Total, total, total cost. Uh, you're paying 10% of that? Yes, yeah. you're paying 10% of yeah, that. Yeah, 10% of that. But that's that, a pretty good deal. That only covers the basics, right? That doesn't cover all the additional services that a person needs, yeah. What do you mean uh, additional services? Like, for example, if uh, nursing care... Yeah, all uh, inclusive. All inclusive, yeah. Okay, all right. But if you have medical issues, that would not be included. Medical care is not, Medical right? Medical card is a separate okay. pocket in the Japanese government support. Right. This right. one is... a. After seventy-five years old, it's just ten percent. Below that, they have the thirty percent from my pocket. But if I understand this correctly, if it's only ten percent, which is pretty reasonable for a country like Japan, mm-hmm. then you must need a strong tax base to pay for that. Yeah, that's yeah. what he was talking about the inheritance tax. Yeah, but but like as bef- as before, we came on air. We were just chatting, and we were talking about like the level of professional care when it comes to uh, at, at the level of professional care in Japan. You were saying fifty percent of people actually in uh, receive the care in a facility like a nursing home or a care facility, and the other fifty percent they receive it at home on a professional correct, level. Correct. Like, uh, can you maybe share a bit more on on what's actually going on? Like in Malaysia, I know professional level care at home is almost non-existent. Maybe very small percentage, mm. with ninety over percent. Uh, Unless you hire a nurse. Uh, in 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 a facility setting, but Japan is able to achieve fifty uh, percent yeah. uh, in home care and fifty percent being cared for in a facility. Like, can you share with us more about this and uh, what's actually going on there? How how can they do that? Yeah, because you know, the all all uh, even my parents do not want to go to the nursing home. They mm-hmm. want to stay at home. Mm-hmm. So the you know this say supporting in Japan is the winter season is very cold. So mm-hmm. that they need they want uh, the hot 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 uh, they want uh, the bathing mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. even the the. the the morning they want to take a bus, hot bath. Hot yeah. bath. Yeah. Then in Japan is a, a special equipment for the movable bus the, with the plastic and a corrupt corrupting type, folding type, and mm-hmm. bring it to the bedside and uh, put the hot water there and uh, just two uh, caregivers uh, the uh, use the. Uh, what the kind of carrier they put in the take bath and wash it? Right, you mean the 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 bathtub is portable, is portable, portable. And they can bring it to the client's bring home, bring it to the client's home, and dip them into the to give them a hot bath. Correct. Wow. These services, <laughs> the once a week or twice a week, they can offer. Of course, this is under the the uh, uh, just pay for the ten percent of the charges. Wow, this kind of service says quite popular in Japan, especially in the winter season. I like that when I'm old. <laughs> See, p- part I, of it's a cultural issue. This is very good, uh-huh. but are Malaysians or Americans or other countries willing to pay more to get these kind of services later in life? Right, right, right. But I think bathing and you know uh, having a good bathroom and bath is it's a big part of Japanese culture as well, right? Mm, good, yeah. good bathing system, yeah. So I think that they will find it that to be a necessity there. So the uh, so many equipment. Uh, good uh, for the home home care, many services, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, another thing is a uh, home care. To start the home care, they need a 
a lot of renovation of the home, mm-hmm. the slope, fixing the slope, mm-hmm. and the with hand lift along that, and especially for the wet wet place, mm-hmm. uh, toilet or no, washing room is uh, uh, non-slip material, mm-hmm. everything pre- pre- provided. Mm-hmm. This kind of material also sponsored by the Japanese government, ten percent. Right. Well, of course, I have a limit, but okay. they can, yeah, they can get. So, so what I'm hearing is the reason why they can also do 50-50 in-home care and facility care is because the Japanese government also support the in-home care up to 90% of the cost that is incurred. Correct, correct, correct. Right. Wow, this is uh, Malaysia. Now I feel that we are like generations behind. <laughs> when can we get to that stage? But I guess it's, it's, it's got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. Mm. Another thing that I've been reading about in Japan is the use of robots mm-hmm. in aged care facilities. Yeah. What's your thought on that? Has it been successful? Do you think that's the future potentially to provide interaction with elderly people? Yeah, good question. You know, Japan is uh, uh, different from other countries. Japan is the government support 90%. So mm-hmm. that this nursing care business itself is a huge market size. Mm-hmm. Mm. So many uh, technical development, and uh, for especially for the toilet, uh, this is also robot, robotic. Mm-hmm. They sit there, that's all, and uh, this pass pass um, pass motion, and after washing and dry out, everything done by robot. This kind of <laughs> system. Well, I want that. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds yeah. good. New new development coming up. No, mm. uh, about three years ago, Dr. Lim uh, went to the uh, exhibition for the nursing care equipment mm-hmm. uh, exhibition. It's huge, right? It's yeah. various. Like the fact of the matter is like Toyota, Honda, yeah. Suzuki, Mitsubishi, they are all in the aged care business in Japan, right? From designing a purpose-made uh, customized car for the aged population, for the disabled, you know, wheelchair-friendly with the hydraulic lifts and all this, to just general medical equipment that could help with aging because it, it's such a big industry that all these uh, big ja- Japanese conglomerate giants that we when, when we hear and know of are all in the business Toshiba all these all these companies are all in the business yeah, yeah. huge huge companies join this market so the market is ex- expanding still now but getting back to these little robots that interact Hi. with the elderly do you think that's working or having some impact in Japan Maybe they're not substitute for caregiver, but they could help potentially to provide interaction. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. uh, mainly for the home care, the mm. family is uh, almost gone out, yeah. and for business, and uh, the the old man stay at home, so there no communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cannot be uh, can enjoy the the talking. So right. the, the robotics can be the good partner to talk, right. the chat chat about the, how about the today's uh, uh, walking around the overhead at the one. They can talk it. We can today is a cherry blossom is a very good beautiful yeah. now today. Mm. Okay, shall we go out? <laughs> so this kind of a chatting is mm. a, robotics. It can help help so, a lot. So here's my question. If you have a good robot and you have remote monitoring as well, why do you need caregivers? 
Well, <laughs> yeah, for both for both of you. Well, I, I think I think there are still certain things about the human touch that cannot be replaced, correct, right? Correct. right? Uh, yeah, uh, there are still certain things that uh, that can only happen uh, from a human to human interaction. I think the robot kinds of come in, kind of comes in and pluck the gaps. Yes, for sure, right? When it comes to loneliness, some correct. form of artificial intelligence interacting with the old person would be better than none, but. As comparing to uh, actual human face to face kind of communications, um, that is definitely not going to be so easily replaced by technology. No, it cannot be even replaced. even video call and face to face because of the COVID situation, right? Ah. We, are, we are using video call so much, right? Mm. And even video, like talking to you guys, I've talked to you via video call. I've talked to you via video call, and now three of us actually being in the same room and talking to each other I think just the energy is different I can, it's much different yeah, yeah I can feel a different vibe <laughs> I would not want to spend an hour on a Zoom call yeah yeah so, so it, it's a struggle right uh, and and so so then at, at this stage at least I think the or, or maybe in the next 10 years I don't mm. think robots can completely uh, replace caregivers well I think one issue with robots and remote monitoring is that it's just too expensive still for the average person mm-hmm does does the Japanese government fund robots in nursing homes and all of that technology? I hope so. Yeah, many uh, big uh, company are de- designing uh, the new type robot for especially for nursing care services. Right. The just Doctor Lim said the you know the motor vehicle itself. My mm-hmm. father drive drive his own car up to 90 years old. So now I think many people with uh, elderly families allow them to drive outside. Mm-hmm. But uh, the many accidents happen. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <lot>. okay. <laughs> I, I okay. know. Yeah. But it's, yeah, the quite uh, uh, well designed for the handicapped people can drive by themselves. My friend in Malaysia, the wheelchair, wheelchair using pe- people, he also driving without the using the uh, legs, just a hand they can drive with the only only hand they can driving by himself. In Japan, quite popular. Yeah, and they also have very good safety features when it comes yeah. to this kind of disabled uh, yeah, vehicles as well. That's uh, of course at a different level. Yeah, yeah, but like, why do you think Japanese live so much longer than? Then uh, now, okay. So maybe I should I should jump in here first, right? Uh, Can I try to answer that and see if I'm correct? Right. <laughs> well, uh, Mr. Sayama is actually 80 years old, and 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 he, it's his birthday today. So happy birthday to Mr. Sayama! <laughs> Thank you. Now, uh, Mr. Sayama would be the benchmark, right? He would be my target when I'm 80 years old. I would like to be like Mr. Sayama, talking straight, walking straight, still very alert very conscious, you know, still getting work done at 80 years old. But in Malaysia, we know many 80 years old, they are either disabled, you know, or, or lose certain level of autonomy or, or ability to self-care. I mean, both of my parents died by the time they were 70. Right, mm. right, yeah. So so you wanted to answer. So my question to Mr. Sayama was, why do you think like Japanese live up to such an old age? See, I wanted to answer that and way, see yeah. if I'm right. I think a big part of it is their diet and what they eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, as you know, the, the Japanese food food is uh, not so oily, mm-hmm. and then also the sugar sugar doesn't use so much sugar. Mm-hmm. So uh, and uh, they prefer the not meat. Uh, they prefer the fish meat. Mm-hmm. They they want to barbecue fish is the most uh, 
popular yeah. dishes in Japan. Yeah. So, do, do the Japanese exercise more relative to other countries? I don't think so. The same as good in Malaysia, the very hot, <laughs> hot right. country. So the, uh, not so many people walking around. <laughs> right, but but right. I think that's very true because if you go to the supermarkets here. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of the very sugary Western products that have been imported, Correct. and the fast food restaurants and all of that here, mm. which is very similar to America. Right, right. I think maybe another reason I could think of is uh, the awareness level as well. Like the Japanese people, the Japanese government has done a good job on educating the Japanese mm. people mm. on on healthy practices like healthy food choices. Besides the culture, right? Oh, right. Of course, we understand yeah. that culturally they don't mm. consume so much sugar. They con- they don't consume so much oil, fats. Um, but also, I think uh, a big part of it is awareness. You know, um, that knowing that all this sugary stuff, all this dessert, they're not exactly healthy. Uh, therefore, you know, that kind of lifestyle enables them to live up to, you know, hundred, like hundred years old people in Japan is is common, right? It's very common. Yeah. So so yeah, this is something that I think we could learn from as well. But that's a good point. If you know that your life expectancy is going to be quite a bit longer than a lot of other countries. You do need to plan for that. Mm-hmm. You do need to, need to plan for a long life in Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. But but okay, with all this uh, longer living, we do see many cases of dementia, uh, even in Malaysia right. now, because people used to live up to sixty years old, have a heart attack, and and pass pass on. Right, that was <clears> in the forties, fifties, sixties. It used to be like that. Life expectancy was very low, but now that people are living longer, we are starting to see a, a higher incidence of dementia Correct. among people in Malaysia as well, yeah. and also with. Yeah. Uh, more advanced, better diagnostic tools. We are able to pick up more dementia cases in Malaysia. What's the situation like in Japan? Do do, also, do they also have higher incidence of dementia? What are you experiencing there now? Yeah, I think the same level as Malaysia. Japan has so many dementia mm-hmm. uh, resident in a nursing home, mm-hmm. and uh, I work in one and a half years in a nursing home, especially designed for the dementia. Okay, and uh, this one. Is no nothing special. This, the 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 people uh, affected by dementia is the some people is normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can say the fifty percent is normal, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the they have uh, some pattern. We we would we check it, monitoring it. Around uh, after three three o'clock in the afternoon, mm-hmm. they started something wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, after after the dinner, mm-hmm. then they will come back again. Or some pattern that we we will monitor it depend on the individual people. Okay. And we will approach them after three o'clock. We talk. We approach to the person to talk at the general things, and uh, we will uh, support the the particular depend on the patterns. We will mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. So the very difficult to uh, phys- uh, what. Um, Doctors can monitor, monitor all the time. Mm-hmm. So the, the caregivers, we will check it and do make a report, everything, and we will share the, all the individual uh, person's pattern. We will check it. This kind of services is coming up at a very good. Wow. wow. This is the level of professionalism <coughs> I'm talking about, right, among caregivers. Yeah. They could actually just go and map, map out the pattern of this of this. Uh, uh, person with dementia and then based on that uh, very competently compile a report to the doctors so that they can maybe use medication or um, 
prescribe other therapies to 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 uh, help this person with dementia. I think we are pretty a long way off from from doing that. We are still now relying on family caregivers, right, to to give the 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 information. And many in Malaysia, we are still using mates that uh, have no uh, not yeah. competent in doing that no. at all. Yeah. Well, I think in terms of dementia, that's an issue in a lot of countries beyond mm-hmm. Malaysia. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think in America we do a great job when it comes to dementia caregiving as well. Mm-hmm. It's very scattered. There's some training, but I think it's not nearly as good as it is in Japan. Right. I, I think what Mr. Saima mentioned just now, the facilities-wise are pretty similar, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's another nursing home. It's another assisted <coughs> living facility. But beyond the hardware, which is the building, the facility, it, it's the, 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 the level of professionalism, the level of training and, and care that the caregiver brings to the table at this kind of dementia care facilities, it's uh, still, I think, very premature. And oh no, sorry, in Japan it's very established. In Malaysia, it's still very premature. And we are, we are. Although I'm, I'm, I'm seeing like personally that uh, the Alzheimer's Disease Foundation in Malaysia, they're doing more now. They're, they're doing more to train, uh, whether it's family caregivers or professional caregivers to handle uh, dementia uh, cases. Because, again, I think this is going to be the next pandemic, right? And now we're talking about the COVID pandemic. But dementia is also actually a pandemic. It's yeah, affecting, yeah. like what you said just now, Andrew, it's affecting people all over the world, right? Yeah. You know, in Japan, it's uh, very unique. I visited one of the uh, homes uh, specialized for the nursing uh, dementia. Mm-hmm. They never look from outside. The, any person can go out, easily going out. Uh-huh. And... Uh, this nursing home is uh, trained the neighborhood, the all the family trained. This we are going to start this kind of program. Please, the if something wrong found, uh, find some person, uh, the other old person here. Then please call us. Then they will do it. And the police station also know the who is the the. Uh, <laughs> Wow! <laughs> See, in a lot know. of countries, they wouldn't even want no. that type of facility yeah. in their neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah, they can walking around. Well, it, it, there, there was a saying like, it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah. Now it's taking a village or a township to care correct, for the elderly correct, as well. Correct, like that. Right. Well, I think this is brilliant, right? Uh, I mean, like what you said, there's, a, there's always this taboo, right? Why is this dementia facility opening in my, in my neighborhood? If they're going to be a nuisance to me. I think that is also uh, what we see in Malaysia as well. Uh, Nursing homes should be in residential communities because we are providing a service for the residents, right? Mm. But many residents in Malaysia, we have this sentiment saying that, oh, <laughs> if the nursing home is next to me, the, the value of my house is going to drop, the value of my neighborhood is going to be affected. But now hearing this story from Mr. Sayama saying that, wow, the dementia care facility is in a neighborhood whereby the whole neighborhood participates in taking care of the elderly, right? Including the, the police and all these other professions as well. I think that's fascinating, man. I remember visiting some apartment complexes here in Kuala Lumpur and being told, no, we're not interested in having elderly people in our units. Yeah, yeah. I think the the phenomenon of ageism, the phenomenon of ageism is is still pretty rampant worldwide. But in Japan, they seem to be handling it quite well. Yeah. A question related to this. In these dementia facilities where they're integrated into the neighborhood, do the residents like have any kind of smartwatch or anything to monitor where they go or are they just free? Free. Really? Free. Good. Okay. You know, as you know, the different from Malaysia is the if the drivers the see this uh, somebody crossing the road, they will sure have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 totally different from Malaysia. So 
the from the children also the this the even the, the primary one mm-hmm. the go to the school by himself and they're wearing the uh, some back back and they go to school and coming back all the uh, uh, roads road regre- road rule driving rule also they have to follow it so right. the children and the elderly family the same uh, they can take care of that and well trained yeah and uh, in a primary school they will do the some uh program for the dementia or elderly family care mm-hmm. program also done by the uh, caregivers so they have uh, some program on that mm-hmm. so the young family without the elderly, elderly uh, parents or grandparents with dementia they have to know about the, this kind of uh, nursing care uh, society, care needed societies they are yeah. they talk about See, I think that. a lot of it's awareness of yeah, the population exactly. whether yeah. it's the US or Malaysia or elsewhere people don't seem to have this as part of what they understand from a very early age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like just like about the awareness of their own health as well, right? So I think the awareness part is done very well uh, with the, by the Japanese government and this is something that we can definitely learn in Malaysia. Um, even from the private sector, we can start educating people. Like doing this podcast, right, Mrs. Hammer? That's why, that's why we do this, right? So we can share this with more Malaysians to know that, hey, there's actually a, such a, a high standard in aged care that we can achieve, right? But, but we've got to get the conversation going. We've got to start talking about it. Then we can envision, we can visualize what the aged care in Malaysia could be like, you know, in the near future, hopefully, right? Um, so I guess uh, my... Towards the, the, we are coming towards the end of the of the podcast, right? So I guess the question that I have left to ask Mr. Samma is this: uh, So far, you have been shared about you have shared with us most of the good things uh, that the Japanese government is doing. Um, do you see anything that still can be improved on the Japanese side, right? And the other question I would also like to ask is: The government is sponsoring this much. Can the tax dollars really cover, or are they actually going to run into some form of economic financial issues? Uh, in the next, you know, years or decades to come, because of this heavy subsidy that they're giving to the population, yeah, quite heavy burden for the government. Exactly, budgeting. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know how many percent, how many times of the budget for the military mm-hmm. expenses. Mm-hmm. The I think uh, the four times of the military. The aged care budget is four times the military budget. Andrew, are you hearing this? Yes. Yeah, because the US military budget is like number one in the world. It's $700 billion a year. That's crazy, yeah. But you are saying in Japan it's four times of the military budget. Wow. And it's a heavy burden, right? So how do you think... Very heavy. Yeah, how do you think they can cope with with this kind of situation? Very difficult to survive in this situation. Because, you know, the one... Young person have to support the now uh, the one point five per five elderly family. So very but now, uh-huh. Uh-huh. so uh, I don't know how Japanese budget budgetary system can survive. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty tough. Right. Tough. Uh, yeah. So you can imagine how difficult it would be for a country like Malaysia to do some of the things. Mm-hmm that Japan does unless it radically changes its policies and how it taxes its citizens. Right, right, right. Yeah, so so I, that, that's why I think there are still uh, 
challenges that we need to overcome before we can get to what, the What is the tax rate like for very wealthy individuals in Malaysia? Uh, personal tax is 24 to 26%, if I'm not mistaken, is around there of the of the total income, 24 to 26%. Corporate tax is about 21, 20, yeah, 21%. 21, yeah, 21, that, I think. Uh, it's about that kind of rate. Uh, of course, it, it, it might vary uh, differently <coughs> based on every year's budget. Right? So it's it's always, but it's always around that that range, that category. Yeah. All right. So what what do you think, what else do you think on the Japanese side? Okay, so the Japanese, the, the paying for it is an issue. Caregivers, uh, getting enough caregivers is also another issue. What else do you think like the, the Japanese aged care system could be improved, could be better than what it already is? Wow. From now on, the... I never heard of the any new pro program mm -hmm. for, from the government. But the just the actually current current problem is the lack of the caregivers mm -hmm. of the numbers. So the I think they will get the foreign workers another double or three times of the workers they bring in right to Japan. I think. What do you think is the problem there? Is it the Japanese government not moving fast enough? Or is it finding and certifying the caregivers from foreign countries? Or their willingness to come to Japan? The, you know, the population is shrinking now in Japan, mm -hmm. <laughs> actually. So the uh, total number of the workers is shrinking. Wow. So the only way to get the, the uh, workers from overseas, I think. Very simple. But what is the Japanese people's concern about bringing in foreigners? There, there was some concerns before, because, because before this, you have never done it, right? Never, never. What was the concern behind bringing in foreigners to Japan? Yeah, the, this program was started uh, nearly uh, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, year by year, they're quite common at the, in the nursing home, some of the a care work, caregivers is from Indonesia, someone from Philippines. So mm -hmm. it's quite acceptable level right now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, they can speak Japanese a little bit. Okay. And uh, they enjoy the Japanese uh, living. Mm -hmm. And uh, they can get the extension of the visa up to eight years, I think. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. And uh, someone will marry with a Japanese man and uh, they will, uh, yeah quite well uh, uh, recognized in, uh, in, right, in Japanese right. society now. Right. So so bringing in more foreign uh, caregivers that could potentially be partners to Japanese men could also solve their long-term uh, fertility and birth rate issues as well. <laughs> From what I've read, it doesn't sound like it's an easy process, though, to bring in foreign caregivers. Uh, as, as with uh, Japan, I think they are strict with their rules and regulations. So, yeah, yeah the whole process is not... not complicated but uh, well it's not simple but i think as compared to before i think there's a lot of awareness now that the the, the lack is great therefore they are making it easier and easier for for uh, foreigners to come into japan because i was thinking that malaysia could supply a lot of caregivers to japan mm -hmm. i'm sorry i mean filipinos who are working in malaysia that want to go to japan <laughs> right right we have that as well I, and and i'm sure there are malaysians i was talking to mr sayama just last week right i'm sure there are many malaysians that would, would like would like to go and work in japan because it's ten thousand ringgit a month, uh, accommodation is is heavily subsidized. Meals are heavily subsidized. So this kind of money, as a caregiver in Malaysia, you probably will not ne will never get 
uh, paid this kind of level of money. So going to Japan could be an attractive prospect to to Malaysians as well. But you do have to work on the language issue. Yes, the language issue. So you got to pass like what Mr. Simon was saying, uh, saying just now. Three months of Japanese uh, intensive Japanese lessons here in Malaysia, and one more month of Japanese lesson in in Japan before you qualify to actually even start providing any services. Yeah. All right, I think it's been a very insightful uh, conversation today. Um, thank you so much, uh, Mr. Sayama, for coming even on your birthday once again. Happy birthday <laughs> yeah. to share with us um, all this information, and it does give me a lot of. Uh, uh, Foresight, right? Not foresight. A lot of hope, I, I guess. You know, to look into the Malaysian's aged care system to see all the uh, places that we could still improve, and we could still how we could move things forward um, using Japan as a benchmark, as a as a as a, a good example for us to learn from. Right? Yes, this was really interesting. I really appreciate your time here today. Do you have any plans for your birthday? Yeah, the, tonight I have a dinner with my wife. That's all. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Mr. Sayama is so fit that he's still playing golf every week and tennis every week. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even do that. You know, I, I'll probably get beaten by him on uh, while, while playing tennis and golf. Yeah, Mr. Sayama, any final words uh, of advice to the Malaysian population? Could be the government, could be the general population on on aging, on aged care, and based on your experience, any final messages or advice? No, not advice. The Actually, this afternoon I have a meeting with the Japanese embassy attached to the Ministry of Health in Japan, mm -hmm. and I talk about the, today's matters as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, I need to uh, get a uh, help, support from uh, JICA, you know, Japanese uh, uh, foreign foreign support program. Mm -hmm. I will get the, some of the specialists from the Japan Japanese government sponsored mm -hmm. people to uh, uh, arrange uh, some of the a college mm -hmm. or diploma system for the qualified caregivers program, mm -hmm. uh, if possible. I, I want to support it. Oh, you mean in Malaysia? Yeah, in Malaysia. Wow, of bringing so, the Japanese uh, training program, caregiver training program to Malaysia. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I hope uh, the I want to stay in Malaysia for long, so that I need uh, Dr. Lim's support <laughs> for <all> my life. <laughs> also. Anyway, thank you very much for talking. Yeah, you, you are most welcome and you are always welcome to stay in Malaysia. On behalf of the Malaysians, uh, thank you, Mr. Saima. And even Andrew, you are always welcome to stay in Malaysia. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I yeah. plan to. Right, right. So thank you once again, uh, guys. This has been the Dr. Pronos Podcast, the intersection of health, aging, and entrepreneurship. Uh, we hope you enjoy the conversation and uh, that's all for this week. Thank you. Thank you.